Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. He should be along shortly. Been a little delay. Good morning, Max. Good morning, Jay. What up, baby? I think there's a theme that's emerging over the last... Well, first of all, we have Pat Beverly coming up. There's a whole thing. He was Ooh, going Pat Bev again. Call. You guys, you, I'm sure you're going to get into it there. But I think there's a theme emerging Such about as? the Miami Heat, and we have to get into that, too. Hmm. Which current franchise is the most disrespected in sports is the question. 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. That's going to be a theme of the day. It's time for Straight Talk, brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. Which franchise is the most so the Miami Heat is the most disrespected franchise there is right now. And shame on media, shame on me. All we've been talking about over the last several weeks, we've been talking about the 76ers. Shame I can't tell you how many people shame. have came up to me like, you guys are talking about James Harden again. You know, yesterday it was about Luka Doncic and how he was similar to Magic Johnson and the fact that when you leave the room, you feel like you're missing something that he's going to provide for the game. Or if it's Patrick Beverly talking about CP3. Or if we're talking about if Jason Tatum has a seat at the table of the greats, if he's on the level two as opposed to level one of the VIP room. Nobody's talking about the Miami Heat. And here's where it's messed up, Max. Pat Riley is considered one of the top ten greatest coaches in NBA history. Mm -hmm. History. He is one of the best, if not the best, executive in basketball right now, maybe in all of sport, you can have that conversation. One of the greatest executives in the history of sports. Right? Yeah. Won five world championships. Yeah. Eric Spostra has won two world championships. Now, people minimize Espo because, oh, anybody could win with LeBron James and D-Wade and Chris Bosh. Okay, manage those strong personalities each and every day. Went to four straight. We keep seeing how LeBron... Well, David Blatt isn't the answer. Okay, that could have been easy for Eric Spolstra if you didn't have a guy like Pat Riley looking over and saying, no, LeBron, this is the way we're going to do it. So the culture is built in, and the in-game adjustments for Espo is off the charts. He is the best coach in basketball right now. So you have potentially the best executive in all sport, the best coach in basketball, and then championship pedigree. You have P.J. Tucker. Oh, he won a championship with the Milwaukee Bucks. You have Kyle Lowry, even though he's not playing. He won a championship leadership-wise, culture-wise, for the Toronto Raptors. And you have Jimmy Butler, who is probably playing the best out of everybody in the playoffs right now. Now, I know he's not a top-five guy, but this is a top-five team. Team. And we get – you know, we get – in. Uh, over-infatuated with guys like Jason Tatum and guys like Luka and guys like Stephen Curry. And Stephen Curry and Golden State, it's all deserving. But, man, we got to start getting infatuated with teams. And that's what the Miami Heat is. They are a team. Let's take this one at a time. First of all, here, here's how I would respond to your, to your theory. We're going to hear, hear from Nick Friedell in a second, ESPN NBA reporter. I want to play you something. But when you say the Heat are, are the most disrespected franchise or team, right? I don't think Pat Riley's being dissed. Spolstra maybe a little bit is underrated, right? Or the rest of the team, people recognize them as deep and excellent. Tyler Hero off the bell. That's maybe the best six man, right, if you see him that way. And Bam is really, really good and this and that. Really what it comes down to is Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler is being disrespected by me, by you, by everyone, right? And I think there's a reason for that, Jay. We are so enamored with the idea of potential, right, as a sports culture. 
American sports culture. We want to know what's next. We want to know, oh, my God, this guy is already this good, and he's only 12 years old. He's only <laughs> 18 years old. Can you imagine? Because it captures our imagination, right? That is more titillating to imagine what someone can become, if given how great he is already, than just observing someone who's already there. Jimmy Butler did not come into the league. Oh, my God, already at 18, he's the most incredible. He came in as a defensive stopper. Then he's a, then he's a guy, oh, no, he can play defense, and he could drop 20 sometimes. Then he's a guy who averaged 20. Then he's the best player on a team. Then he's the best player on a team that makes the finals. Step by step by step, he's gotten better when it matters most, especially in the playoffs. But he's never been the guy who makes you think unlimited possibility. And we would rather contemplate Anthony Edwards and these kind of guys than a guy who's actually already doing it. You know what it is, Max? It's like when you see Luca pull up, Luca pulls up in a Ferrari. When you see Steph pull up, like Steph pulls up like in a dope new technology, like Tesla, mm-hmm. right? Like, it's like when you see Jason Tatum pull up, he may, he may be pulling up in a Rolls Royce. But when you see Jimmy pull up, he's pulling up in a Hummer, man. It's rugged. It's real. It's not as shiny. It's, it's, gr- it's going to grind you out. The dude's averaging 29 points, over 50% shooting from the field. You said, you said he's, I know he's not top five. If you're top 10 to 15 normally in the regular season, which barely counts, really, because 10 out of 15 teams in each conference make the playoffs, and then once the playoffs start, you're top five? What are you really? That's true. What are you really? Right? You want the dude who comes through in the clutch. Who comes through when it matters the most. Here's Nick Friedel, ESPN NBA reporter on SportsCenter, on that very point about the Heat being doubted. They know who's counting them out. They know who's writing them off. And they're using it as fuel. But their belief in themselves is unbelievable. This is a team that has the heart of a title contender. And they know in order to get to where they want to go, they've got to go through the Celtics. And Jimmy Butler channeled his personal Ric Flair and saying, <laughs> in order to beat the best, you got to go through the best to make it happen. All that was missing was a woo at the end. But the Heat are ready, and they know they can get it done because they know that Jimmy Butler is playing at the highest level of his career. So, Max, you know that old line, well, you don't have to worry. Don't worry about what the media says. You know, Keyword, like, don't read social media. Get out of here. We are the most petty people on the planet. Do you know when I was in college, I would have 13 to 20 articles of all the negative things that people said about me? And every day before my ass went into the gym, I'm like, thank you. Thank you. Because when you ask me for an interview, I'm probably going to look away. I didn't say it. None, like, of, those it's were, none, of, those, none of those articles quoted it's me, It's going right? to drive me. So right. my thing is, like, all these – we all have rabbit ears, right? Yeah. If that's LeBron James responding back to people, KD, we see it all along. Stephen Curry joking around with people. Even with um, Victor Oladipo, where it's like, you know, I think Skip Baylor says something like, Jimmy Butler doesn't want to play with Victor Oladipo. Then he comes up on the post presser and jokes around like, oh, I don't like to play with Jimmy, and slaps Jimmy on the way out. These guys are paying attention to all that. All of it. So every time we talk about other people other than them, they're like, thank you. This fits our narrative and our motivation. You know what else I think is important? Just as someone, anyone who's public-facing, right? You can get criticized. I've experienced this. You've experienced it just even in the media. And if the criticism you feel is on point, because no one's perfect and you're aware of your own flaws largely, right? You go, okay, I respect that. They're right about that. I need to work. Even Even if they just basically have a negative disposition toward me, that's a good point. When they don't know what they're talking about, oh, right? Lose it. And they're especially when they're doing it vociferously. That's when you go, hold up, time out. What are you talking about? 
that's not even, it's not a fair point. It's not a true point. I think the Heat right now are probably looking at themselves like, look at the way we get after it. Look at our experience. Look at our head coach, right? Look at the guy who runs the organization, our best player. Why are we getting written off? And we just won our last series without Kyle Lowry, who's our pit bull. Without Kyle Lowry, a guy that won. There's no way Toronto wins a world championship without Kyle Lowry. It doesn't work. Not having Kyle Lowry is a big deal. Kyle Lowry is is an impact player when he's on the – you just don't have him, and we overlook it. Now, all that being said, Boston is nice, though. They yeah, are nice, and they yeah. are nasty. And one of the most understated things that nobody's talking about, because everybody wants to focus on the star power, the star power is really on the sidelines, Max. That's going to be Ime Udoka against Eric Spolstra. Oh, what a matchup. That's going to be a challenge for a lifetime. What a matchup. The, the, the hot shot upstart who's already getting there versus the guy who's already done Been it. there. Straight talk wireless, no contract, no compromise. One huge issue for the Celtics heading into game one. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. So, Jay, you see this where Steve Aoki threw out the first pitch at the Red Sox game last night? <laughs> was he throwing a football 30 yards? Because I got a little bit confused with what I saw. Or This is what I want to know. It's like the worst pitch, <laughs> the worst throw, the first pitch ever. Or does this make you nervous because you are throwing out the first pitch at the Mets game? I've already thrown out the first pitch before, and I'm, I'm okay with throwing. I, I played baseball growing up. But I will say. You played baseball growing up? Yeah, a little t-ball. Okay, but because like because you didn't you you haven't followed it in a long time, but yeah, because I got bored. Yeah, and I was staring yeah. at the birds while I was in the outfield. That's you the know, problem. By the way, you know I love baseball. It's my first love as a team sport. But if someone's like baseball's boring, basketball or football are more exciting. What are you going to argue? It's obviously true. It's you, obviously true. But if you grew up, you love with but, it. You love it. Have you Wait, but hold on. Before? Jay said he yeah. played t-ball growing up. Like. Usually you play t-ball like for one year. Like Jay, how long did you did you play t-ball? He just retired like last year. What are you talking about? I, 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 well, I what, played. What you, happened it was, was always t-ball because you couldn't hit a ball that was moving. <laughs> oh no 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 no! It wasn't it. Golf it was, isn't it considered was, t-ball. I didn't play t-ball in my town because I played in the neighboring town. Yeah, because he was too good, probably. But what happened was when I played in the neighboring town, my mom had me tell them that my address was in the neighboring town's. Yeah, fear of fraud. Right? Yeah, yeah. And yeah, I got I got caught. Which means I got kicked out of T-ball because I was hitting too many home runs. Yeah, right. Come on, man. He's an elite athlete. And that was it. That was my baseball experience. Yeah, uh, but anyway, when wow, you I got a real like, Danny Almonte on the show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a ringer. He's a ringer. But I was going to say, Max, have you ever thrown out I a first have. pitch? I threw out a first pitch. I'm trying to remember if it was a Tampa Bay game or a Marlins game. This is going back. I, I was launching a show on Fox Sportsnet called IMAX. What is that in the '70s? And yeah, basically, it was in the <laughs> early 2000s, like 2003, 2000s. something like that. And uh, 2004, and and as I'm about to throw it, like I'm already delivering it, the, the uh, PA announcer goes, "Fire it in there!" So I'm like, "Oh <laughs> yeah. wait, I put gotta some put some mustard on it." On See, it, right? that's that's where they get you. Do you do you put mustard on I it? Did, or I, you put, just get it I put I put mustard on it and threw. Nah. Uh, the catcher could have caught it, but technically it was a wild pitch. Yeah. See, I go. <laughs> but I go when I got to the booth, Jay Keith Hernandez told me that's the hardest first pitch he ever <laughs> seen. Thrown. But it, it really does make me think. 
there's so much pressure in a situation like that just not to mess up. How does a relief pitcher with the playoffs on the line and a guy on second base ever throw a strike? Because they're programmed to do so. But the challenge is it's not until you get up on that damn mound, Max, until you're like, yo, this is far. You're like this is this yeah, is ninety far. feet this is, a, this is this is a lot not farther than what feet, I thought yeah. it was. Wow! Yeah. And I, I just got so for me. I'm all CP3. I'm lob city. Just get it over the plate. Right. Just get it over the plate. Don't no heat. No nothing. I'm not going to be up there angry like yeah, Alan Yates, our producer, yelling at people trying to throw the paint. No, nope. I've given you this advice, Jay. Aim hey, at the fans behind the thing because then to get oh, you to throw somebody. Look where no, he went. He's trying, no, he's no, trying he to get. Don't listen to him, Jay. He's trying to get you to throw it somebody. Keyshawn, Jay, Will, and Max, the podcast. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Coming to Jason Tate. Jimmy Butler has gone against LeBron for a lot of years. He went against Kobe. He's gone against KD. He knows what it takes to stay in front of the top tier guys in the league. And it's a challenge that he is very much looking forward to. I look for Bam out of bio to be as electric as he was in the bubble. He's going to have to be that consistent second guy that Jimmy uh, can depend on. It's going to have to be Jalen Brown mixing it up inside and out, attacking the basket, and hitting his jump shot. Keyshawn, J. Huh? Max, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80. ESPN2. We're on your smart speakers. Download the app. We're there. You download the podcast. Open your window. We'll yell. Mm. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. Which current franchise is the most disrespected in sports? We're asking because we've been sitting here and for months. This man, Jay Will, has been disrespecting the Heat. Hey. Not me. I've been saying all along the Heat will make the conference lies, finals. Potentially. Lies, lies, But Jay's lies, been disrespecting lies, him. Lies and more lies. Thank you, Stephen A. Thank you. So... So I just can't shake that guy. Yeah. So <laughs> Marcus Smart is questionable for game one for the Celtics, which is Tuesday night at 8.30 p.m. on ESPN and ESPN Radio. And this is interesting to me, Jay. I rank the top five players left in the playoffs on this Ooh. Justin. It's a terrific show. It's on ESPN, 2 p.m. Eastern. Very handsome host. You have to say that every time? It's like a nervous tick. How long have we been promoting... This just in now. Happens to be true. If I was lying, that's one thing. Okay, go ahead. I suffer from a rare disease where I happen to get better looking as, as time passes. I can't <laughs> help it. I used to be okay looking. Now I'm handsome. All right. And I was ranking the top five guys left in the playoffs. And I, I, Who'd I, you have, by the way? I had Luka one okay. with reservations because I had Tatum two, and I felt like, mm. and I still feel like. So Luka, you don't value defense. No, that's the thing. Ah. Tatum is a, is a two-way player. Luka is a defensive liability. But Luka's ability to control a game on offense, to me, gives him the edge. Luka won Tatum two. Okay. Three. Steph three. Steph three. Okay. I like that. Jimmy Butler four. Ooh. And I had Jalen Brown five. Okay. Listen to this. Here's Patrick Beverly, who was on this just in, along with J.J. Redick, on Marcus Smart, who both J.J. and Patrick Beverly felt should have been in the top five. Marcus Smart. These guys actually played the game, although, although I, think I have simulated Marcus Smart might seasons. be the most impactful player on that team. Uh, including Jason Tatum. Yes, impactful. Impacts winning. So th- th- I've stated this multiple times throughout the course of the year. Right when people say, "Why did Draymond Green get paid all that money?" Oh, because he's the most impactful player 
on Golden State's championship team. Marcus Smart is a smaller version of Draymond Green. Yep. If you watch every huddle, it's being led by Marcus Smart. Now, it's interesting in, in, in game six where I think he made – was it game – I think maybe game five where Milwaukee won was a play where he had his head down. He didn't look up to Jason Tatum. He had to, that was so uncharacteristic because we had talked about throughout the course of the year in January when Emi Yudoka called for a team meeting and he changed up how they actually believed in each other. There was one play, I think it was against the Brooklyn Nets, where Marcus Smart had a shot that he could have taken and it was in the playoffs, and he decided not to take the shot, right? And he passed it, and that's when Jason Tatum made that crazy acrobatic layup to win the game. And we were extra all, pass. We were yeah. all praising Marcus Smart for, you see, a year ago, he would have taken that shot, and he wanted to be the guy. And that's the reason why they were in this place, because he became a willing passer. Mm-hmm. He wanted to become a willing leader. So, yes, I think it's impactful if he's not on the floor because he affects the game in so many different ways by making big shots off catch and shoot, his defensive style in which he puts pressure on his the heart, ball. the way he heart, plays the game. Passion, yeah. Yes. But you know what? So when I did my list, the guy who it killed me to leave off and maybe I should have put him on instead of Jalen Brown was Draymond Green. I don't think I would have Marcus Smart as one of the five guys there. Um, although both JJ and Pat Beverly, who play like if you play, it's interesting to me, guys who play the game say, yeah. But I also saw Marcus Smart make a lot of bad decisions at the end of a game that Drew Holiday took over, and he took it over from Marcus. Like, you, you know, mm-hmm. So I'm, it's not just to me how good you are. It's how easy is it to replace what you do. Marcus Smart shows leadership, grit, all those things. But sometimes when that guy's talent is not pitched quite high enough, like, for example, give me Drew Holiday, because there are things he can do as a basketball player better than Marcus Smart to me. Hmm. So so uh, Draymond Green also, like I can do, because Draymond's a little bigger and stronger and can do a few more things defensively to me. Uh, and he, he, So I hear what people are saying about Marcus Smart. That's a big hit to take. But is he a top five player left in the playoffs? Or is he in that conversation? I think he's a top five impactful player left in the playoffs, yes. Hmm. Impactful for what he brings to the game. And one of the reasons why you want to have him play <laughs> is one of the things that nobody – on our network's going to talk about the importance of your legs in these series, right? So I want you to think about this. Because a lot of people try to use this against the Heat, but I'm going to use this for the Heat's advantage, and we're going to see what kind of energy Boston's able to bring to the table. Who did Boston go through the first two rounds, Max? They went through Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, right, which takes – Defensive focus, it takes a lot of legs to be on top of that. Tatum was too, right? great and on I'm not, I'm not. This is not minimizing Trey Young or the Atlanta Hawks. Just different levels to this, yeah, right? Sure. Okay. And then they had to go through Giannis, who's playing like the best player in the world, who comes at you like a relentless force over and over and over again. So matchups, communication, all that for them. So the amount of legs that they've used up until this point, whereas, and once again, not minimizing the Atlanta Hawks or the Philadelphia 76ers, but – Joel Embiid not playing the first two games, right? And then James Harden being the shell of himself. I'm not saying he didn't take crazy effort because it did by the Miami Heat. But still, you have to think that Boston has used a lot of their legs already to get to this point where people are saying, well, who have the Heat really played? I'm like, well, that's to their advantage, right? Mm. They still feel like they're somewhat fresh going against a team that's battle-tested right now. That's interesting. It's different, man, especially when you get to this time of the year. It's interesting. 82 games, playoffs. You know, the level of it. Uh, Does Boston beat the Bucks if Middleton plays? I don't think so. Me neither. I don't think so. 
So, so fortune has also smiled on them on their way to this point. But that was still one hell of a series that went seven games without Chris Middleton. It, it is, but the Heat would have beaten the Sixers even had Embiid played the first two games, yes or no? I'm not, I'm not sure just because I think Joel Embiid is a game-changing difference. I, I agree, but He's when it came down difference. to it, the Sixers, as the games got really important, the Sixers didn't have it for the Yeah, I, I still think we would have been – Heat and seven if MB plays. Yeah, I, I, it Bucks, might have been close. But Bucks, Bucks and se- seven. Right. So it's Bucks that maybe suggests, not in seven. That suggests that maybe at this moment we are overrating the Celtics slightly and underrating the Heat slightly. That's why I said it. I think in the Heat are one of the most legs. disrespected teams in all sports right now. In addition to the fresher legs, in addition to the more experienced coach, Keyshawn J. Willemax is brought to you by CSX. Join CSX, a company on the move, CSX.com slash careers. Say it again. You heard what Patrick Beverly said about Marcus Smart. But it was his comments on CP3 that had the NBA talking yesterday, including CP3's head coach. Wait until you hear that reaction next on ESPN Radio and ESPN2. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about Electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus. Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Person who's played in the NBA a long time and was able to get the keys to the car at a very young age and due to that is able to have the numbers he's able to have. Just because he was given the keys to the at car? At an early age. At an early, can you go into that a little bit more? Give me the keys when I'm, I don't know, 18, 19. I don't know when he got drafted, 19, 20. 20 years, up to, what, 37 at 17 years? You better have some numbers. Wait till I, I mean, get my money right. <laughs> <laughs> Then you can't tell me nothing, right? right? Y'all Bever- saying something? Patrick Beverly may, have a, have a, uh, may get his money right in this business, too. He was uh, especially going to Chris Paul yesterday. But he was not the only... ESPN, person on ESPN yesterday, throwing uh, intercompany bombs. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max coming to you live from the Seaport District of Pier 17, brought to you by Chase. Listen to the crying of Alan Hahn. Alan Hahn and Bart Scott 
losing basketball combination, about a play Jay Will and Key and two on two. On the rules of the – here's the complaining, Jay. I don't know if you've heard this yet. They're complaining about the rules of the game, which were established weeks ago. We're not involved in any of the planning. Like, we're told this is what Key and Jay want. This is what Key and Jay want. It's all Key and Jay. And and I get it. But this idea that we have apparently are going to have a referee, which Wait, that doesn't who make sense. Who has a referee in a 2 2 game? Thank you. We do. And then it's it's like wanting to have the game short. That doesn't make sense. Make it, take it. Like, I don't know, man. There's just a lot of things here that just don't make sense to me. You should have heard the other stuff, too. They were saying. Uh, There's more? Um, they're banking on Bart fouling out. I, hmm. It seems like a whole lot of complaining, Max. A lot of complaining. I, you, we're not complaining we're about the fact seed. that I have to shoot the free throw. We are, yeah, well, that, not, that is atrocious. I have, well, and I love on. you. It's atrocious. I, have, no, no, Jay, I do I not have, want you shooting a free throw. For our Honestly, team. this is the God's honest truth. In the last 15 years, I would say it's about 12 to 15 years now. You haven't touched the ball. No, I've touched the ball maybe three or four times. It looks In like it was by the way you years. sit. The yeah, back, my, the my, back. Once my the back, posture, my, the once toes my, cross all the time. Once my back went out, that was it for anything like yeah, that. I can't, whenever I did it, even just messed around a little, I'm hobbled for I need days. you to be on the sideline with the clipboard. That's I, yeah. I love you. I'm saying this for us. Yeah. I don't need you shooting yeah. free throws for us to get the yeah, ball. Yeah, no kidding. I know. I'd rather but, okay. Evan Wilner shoot the so free throw. So here's the thing. No, you don't. If I shoot the free Absolutely throw, not. No, you we don't. have a one in three shot probably. I'm probably I'm guessing I'm a 33% and, free throw and, shooter. Yeah, you're guessing. And yeah. I feel like you inflated that a little bit. So I'm thinking maybe around 12 15% chance no if I, you think if i shot 10 times and only miss make one or two i probably yes. make i'd make three or four out of when's 10. the last time you shot a ball yes all right you know what yeah. that's a good point what i have to do is i gotta get that's to a gym. Point, i gotta get to a gym and just put up a just, few free throws max, that's a good something, point please. max is yeah. gonna practice more for his one free throw than key will for to play in the game uh, max he, is gonna get in the gym and put yeah. up free throws so the thing is yeah well, at least max I'm saying makes, i will we'll if see. max makes the free throw Key and Jay get the ball. If Bart, if he misses the free oh, throw, Bart and Han get the ball. What and, a thing. And I got to find the gym it, and a bat. Oh, because it's make it. it or take it, that could decide the game, especially if Key and Jay get the ball. I oh, mean, if we get the ball, no it's going to be a game over. Yeah. Well, even if Allen and Bart get the ball, like, I'm, I'm okay with it. I'm going to take but it. But I'd rather start I'm going to close rock. my eyes. I'm going to do it eyes closed. Well, then you're shooting for Bart and Allen. No, I'm shooting for us. No, you're not. Yeah, I got no, a little hot dog in me, I Jay. I will not play. I will quit. I'm going to blindfold myself. I will myself. walk off the court with the ball like a pouty little kid. <laughs> and by the way, yes, there are fouls because Bart's ass is going to foul out. Bart, you know Bart's going to – Yates, you know Bart's going to show up with the, the headband, the pulled-up socks. The sleeve. The, I, said, I don't sleeve, like the whole – This is what I want to know. He's the, the knee straps. The, yeah, I don't like it. This I is definitely wearing ankle socks. Yeah, He's not allowed to wear ankle socks no. as a hooper. It's not a This thing. is what I want to know. In your opinion, Jay, Alan Hahn made a claim that okay. it's everything that you and Key want. Those yes. are, is that? Do you think that's true? Is there some truth to that, that the rules are catered to Team KJM? I didn't even know what the rules were until yesterday. Yes. Uh, yeah. So you put yourself. KJM, I'm well, on the team. Well, hold on, hold on. team, man. Maybe, no, maybe not if we lose. For sure. for, oh, sorry, hold on. Who are you getting calls from key, right now? Key is focus, face, Evan, key focus is on the show. Me. Key well, is put Key on. I don't want to know where Key yeah. is with the bloody nose and what's going on. Is he okay? 
Evan, is Key okay? He's now on the phone with him. He's on the phone? This is our show. Key's not here. Key has a bloody nose. Is Key okay? Nobody's finding Key. Jay, he's currently struggling with the FaceTime because Key is not a a technology. There's no audio, though. He can see him. Key and technology, you and NFTs, I don't know what's going on. We we flipped the peace sign, and there was no audio. I have no idea what just happened. Where is Key? Why don't you call him and put the phone up to the mic? There was no audio. We'd have a silence alarm. How do you FaceTime with no audio? He probably FaceTime audio without the audio parts. For a guy who doesn't know technology, how does he figure this out? I don't understand what's going on. Key's supposed to be here. He's not here. Let me try and call him. Max and I. Max is trying to call him. Evan is FaceTiming him with no sound. Max is not shooting the free throw for our team. Hey, it sounds like we got to have a... This is a cluster this morning. We Welcome to, to your Super Tuesday. On how to use FaceTime. Evan, bro. mark it down right That's now. Post-show joke. meeting at 10. He couldn't hear me. He couldn't hear you. No. But you were yelling at the phone while you he had... Could, he was the, like, hello, what do you want? <laughs> that, 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 we want to know where you're at. I was, I was talking, he couldn't if hear me. If you're okay. Yeah. It's not an ear bleed, it's a nosebleed. Why can't he hear us? I, I ear bleed. I think that I I think he can hear you. He just didn't want to talk to you. It's called selective hearing. My wife does it to me every day. I understand. What's that? What? Oh, so selective <laughs> hearing when you guys decided not to listen to us giving you the rules, and then two weeks later, I'm sorry, Evan, which part of that? the nine thousand emails was that a part of that we get every day? There's I'm, I'm so sorry, many I lost meetings. Track. The meetings join and meetings. Hey, let's join go through our whole four-hour show. Jay, wanna, do you remember what we're doing in the 98th block in the and, and if you want to no, say, yes. if you want to say in right the rules, you got to come to the meetings, Alan Han. And if you don't come to the meetings, I'm deciding the rules. So yes, it is. Take it. It is two on two. Yeah, yeah. Burton is going to foul out, and if he fouls out, he's got to make a free throw to stay in the game. Tell him, Evan. Tell him. Evan's rise to power is going to be based on scheduling too many meetings for anyone else to attend. It's it's psychological warfare. This is great. I I see what Evan's tactics are, and I like it. He he beats you down over time. Hold on. You guys, I got to take people on the scenes. You guys come to the meeting and leave leave like halfway through it so you don't get a say in the meeting. Let's not jump out of pocket. Let's not jump out of pocket. Let's channel our energy in the correct direction, Evan, towards Allen and Bart. You're right, Allen and Thank Bart. You, you guys you. don't there come at all. <laughs> By the way, why'd they say I look like Debo's little brother in this shirt? Because you do. Can we you look like Debo's little brother in this shirt. They call me Weebo. What? Can I borrow some sugar, Jay? What? <laughs> I don't, do I look? Does that make me smoky? Cro- what is it? Hold oh, my on. eyes that cross-sided. I mean, people try. Oh, you're, you got you a ain't left got no job. What? You ain't got nothing to do. Does my left eye go this way sometimes that's what jay does a me. pretty good stevie wonder oh uh, yeah steve i kill it with the stevie yeah. wonder though was it yeah. happy birthday yes he does he kind of looks like him curtis yeah, granderson a little stevie I get, wonder i, I, I can see stevie it wonder I and get that. see isn't she wonderful <laughs> um <laughs> you know he does that. <laughs> now when i, I was it. a kid when i was I a kid it. ps41 yeah i knew a kid who's uh, stevie wonder was his uh, like Godfather, something like that. Okay. Right? And he had a birthday party in Stevie Wonder's house. We were eight years old. Stevie Wonder had a color TV Is this a- in the 80s. <laughs> I'm just telling you. Right Stop. now, I saw a color okay, TV what's the video- in Stevie Wonder's living room. Key told me about the video where the cup fell. Yeah. And my man was like, oop. Yeah. And you're like, what? How'd you? The cup just fell. Because Stevie, Stevie, like Stevie's developed special powers over time, man. It's not that he can see. He just developed special reflexes. And when did he get he LeBron hear James the- hand-eye coordination? He can hear the cup falling. <laughs> you can hear. Like a bat, and like he has swoom, acoustic. Just grabbed yeah. it. Sonar. 
Where are we with this segment? What is going Patrick on? Patrick Beverly. Oh, there we are. Timberwolves point guard. Let's go fun, please. Get on, us back on get time. up. On getting ready to play Chris Paul. He was flaming Chris Paul all across ESPN platforms yesterday. Listen to Pat Bev on CP3. Do guys in the NBA go to sleep early the night before playing the Phoenix Suns? Hell no. No. You mean as a team or would you talk about Chris Paul individually? Chris Paul individually. Okay. No. I'm going to Stake 44 over there in Phoenix. I'm mm. going to have me a nice little wine. Probably sweat it out and uh, the pregame shoot around and get ready for Chris Paul. Steph Curry, I'm going. I'm going to bed at eight o'clock. Mom, don't call me. My girl, don't call me. I don't. I'm, I'm locked in right now. It's not. It's, it's, it's two different monsters. So to the people out there that are telling Pat Beverly to stop, get out of here. Come on. Every day, people use their platform to talk about their opinions. Of other players. Did it sound personal to you? Of course it sounds personal because this dude is in the arena. Of course it's personal. But he didn't hide behind any statements. He put his name on no, it. No, Patrick Beverly ain't hiding. He no. put his name on it. And that's how Patrick Beverly feels. Now, I disagree. And when Pat Bev comes in here today, we're going to have that conversation. And you're going to see two competitive guys who disagree. But he's allowed to have his interpretation of where he sees CP3 right now. But in the same breath, when you look at CP3's numbers this year and a down year for CP3, they're better than Patrick Beverly's numbers in his best year. So let's put that into perspective a little bit. It all works fair and fair. There are a couple things. Pat Beverly made the claim on this show yesterday that if you're given the keys to the car at a young age, you should accumulate numbers. But it's not just that CP3 has accumulated numbers like a compiler. He's extremely efficient. From everywhere, right? Like, he, he has high assist totals, not a lot of turnovers. He scores. He scores efficiently. He shoots the three well. He shoots free throws. He sets up teammates, and he wins a lot. Like, the reason he's in a position to collapse in the playoffs all the time is because he's the point guard on teams that are constantly making deep playoff runs and are up 2-0 in those series in which they collapse. So, is, he CP, is CP3 Steph Curry? No. He's not. Steph Curry is going down in history ahead of CP3. But that doesn't mean you're not a baller. And one more thing, Jay, real quick. Speaking of ballers, it seems to me a lot of times talking to athletes, you guys, especially basketball players, when evaluating other players, evaluate each other in a one-on-one kind of way. Like, he can do certain things that I can't counter. He's a tough assignment, whatever. Sometimes what I think gets lost is the effect on a team – uh, on, on a team just winning in ways that don't show up for you, the defender. Like, oh, my God, he's such a tough assignment. CP3 to me is that kind of player. He affects well, winning. First off, there's so many things to unpack here, so bear with me. Number one, back to your point about his legacy. Yo, his resume is undisputed. Yep. Stop. Even if somebody gave you the keys, okay, Anthony Bennett, he was given the keys when he was drafted, top overall selection. How'd that work out? I was given the keys. To a degree, even though we ran the triangle, we didn't run the right kind of system. Didn't work out. Someone should you have, have taken your go, keys away. That's you the have problem. To go. <laughs> Jeez. You wouldn't be sitting here with me right now. It should have been the keys to the car. Hey, That's yo. Hey, yo. All I'm saying is you still have to go out and take it, man. And CP3 went out and he took it for a guy who's 6'1", 6'2". Second yeah, point, incredible. Max. Yeah. Yo, it's, life is not black or white. It's not like late. Like, we love to label something. Oh, you're a bust. Or you're like, it's complicated, man. It's mm-hmm. complex. CP3 wasn't liked by everybody. 
at first. There wasn't. CP3, when he came out, when he came out of Wake Forest, CP3, when he used to go up for a jump shot, he would take his closed fist and hit you in the private jewels. It was a really big thing. And it translated in the league. There were a lot of stuff around the Clippers and Doc Rivers and the beef they had. Stories about Blake Griffin, DeAndre Jordan, teammates, whether they like CP or three or not. Now I think we've seen incredible growth from him leadership-wise when he went to Oak, when he went to Houston, went to OKC, kind of recalibrated, create this new dimension about health, eating the correct way. I mean, he got Shea Gilgis Alexander buying in to him. Like, that was a huge stepping stone for him in his career, maturity-wise, and he's translated that into this Phoenix Suns team. Is he older now? Yeah. Can Pat Bev, Pat Bev say, oh, it's like cone drills to a degree? Yes, at this stage of his career. That's not the CP3 10 years ago in his prime. Although so I have put heard, it into perspective, to be, fair, man. to be fair, Jay, I have heard from people who have played with him through the years that even back then they felt he was overrated defensively okay. because I thought he was a good defender. Well, is he a superstar? I think he was, yes. I think CP3 okay. was considered here and there in his prime in certain years a top five player, and I would consider that a superstar, five to ten. But I think that is a su- I, I, I think that he was considered an MVP-ish caliber player yes. at his very best. I would agree that I think he was a superstar at one point of his career. Yep. But I think what's happened in basketball is that, see, when I look at CP3, he reminds me more of a traditional no doubt. point guard, right? The handle's tight. It's compact. He's a floor general. He's sneaking ball screens, right, coming off screens and weaving it, passing You know people. how I describe it? And then I look at other guards now, like yeah. Steph Curry 2.0, yeah. prolific scorer, Dame, prolific scorer, doing things you're like Shooting from a million miles away, yeah. right? Like Ja Morant, jaw-dropping. Luka, jaw-dropping. CP3 is more understated, which may, it, it feels like – hey, there's a new generation of point guards, and he's still the legacy PG. When, when, when we were kids or when we were younger, I, th- I always think of CP3 as like Larry Brown's idea of a perfect point mm. guard, right? He is the ideal point guard from 20 years ago. And he can also shoot from distance. He could do everything. But Steph Curry ushered in a new era in the NBA. And just like guys like Carmelo Anthony, the league changed out from under their feet, and it made what he did not quite as good as what it once was, and it happened as he was getting older, so it conspired against him. CP3 also, especially now that he's slowing down. You could see it in the playoffs once he turned 37 and got a little banged up and everything as everyone is this time of year. The new Steph Curry, you mentioned Damian Lillard, and not to mention guys like Kyrie Irving and stuff. It, it, he is like the ideal version of a point guard once upon a time, and these you dudes know, are, are modern, postmodern. Yeah, Max, something else. It's okay not to like people. Like, it, I feel like it gets met with so much venom. When you compete in competitive sports, inevitably you're going to have opponents where I don't like you. And I know today's athlete to a degree, and I think that's changing slightly now. I think we're coming out of that where everybody's friends and, you know, oh, that's my boy. Like, okay, fine, but it's okay not to like somebody and for you to be open about not liking somebody. No, who doesn't get enough uh, either credit or blame for this whole athlete being friends era? Magic Johnson. He's the guy who started all this. Kissing Isaiah Thomas and making best friends with Larry Bird. Well, you're still beating their heads in, though. No it was still, it was question. So no question. But, and, and then it's funny because in winning time, they depict uh, Dr. J. Time. I sure you do. Love Dr. J. And Magic Johnson, how Dr. J was real cool with everybody, and it kind of took the edge off them when they played, and maybe Magic in some way imitated that. But 
it's gotten carried away. Because, right, Magic was an intense competitor, one of the great clutch players of all time. And nowadays, you see everyone so buddy-buddy. And so is CP3, by the way. Yeah. CP3 don't care what Patrick Beverly has said. You got all the people defending CP3. It's like, whatever. That dude- know who does care what Patrick Beverly said? Who? CP3's coach. Listen to Monty Williams mm. at the uh, – this is the Suns head coach at a press conference. Uh, on, on Patrick Beverly's comments. I look at Chris's body of work. I look at everywhere he's been. He's taken the organization to levels that, in, in some cases, they've never been before. Chris is one of the best basketball players in the history of the game. And so you're going to have people taking shots at him that aren't even in that class. I mean, if you're Why six- would I even comment? <laughs> if you're si- Here's the thing about CP3, too. He ain't wrong. He ain't the fastest. He doesn't have hops. He's six feet tall, not much more. He is, you know, like, and yet he's among the best players in the game for this long. It's crazy. Because he has that special it. Man. Yeah, he does. He has that special it. And when you listen to Monty Williams, NBA Rookie of the Year, NBA All-Star Game, Most Valuable Player Award, two Olympic gold medals, led the NBA in assists five times, steals record six times, nine-time NBA All-Defense. I mean, the resume speaks for itself, man. And as a guy who's 6'2", who understands how difficult it is to play in the league amongst giants each and every day. It's like when people get a chance to see a Kevin Durant or LeBron James, you should see how in awe people are. They're like, damn, yo, you, you that tall? You yeah. don't look that tall on TV. And then when they see like Rajon Rondo or you see Steve Nash, Steve Nash, head coach of Brooklyn Nets, be like, oh, Steve Nash, he's short. Yo, Steve Nash, 6'3 and a half, 6'4. No. 6'4, no. 6'3 and a half. Steve Nash tall. Comparison to you, yeah. But on the court, he looks tiny. Yeah, yeah. So understanding how difficult it is for a guy, Pat. Be- how tall was Pat Bev when Any, you saw him the other day? Yeah, six one maybe. Anyone who plays in the NBA, Bill James once once had this kind of uh, this statement about how like obviously basketball selects out for height. Bill James is like the godfather of sabermetrics in baseball. If you took the percentage of six footers in the world who play in the NBA, it's virtually nothing, right? Almost nobody. You go to 6'6", six, six, a lot more. Seven feet, something like 12% of all people seven feet on earth play in the NBA. Some absurdly high number. So to be a six-foot athlete in the NBA is next to impossible. To dominate the game at six feet is, <laughs> or 6'2", it's unheard of. So you start saying all these things. Well, he's not the fastest. And you're like, whoa, relatively, <laughs> that dude gets exactly No, but what I mean is by I, NBA standards. But here's my thing. You look at fast. One end to the other, north to south. He's I look quick. at He's fast yeah. as changing speeds. Yeah. Like, so like, I can be fast in a two-foot radius, and that gets my shot off. Quick. That's yeah. how fast I need to be. The Mike Tyson's trainer used to say, be sudden. Exactly. Be sudden. It does leave me to think, though, and I'm just going to throw it out there. I mean, we're, I'm just throwing it out there. I'm not saying it could be real, but Russell Westbrook wants to get out of L.A. to a degree. CP3 has always wanted to get up to L.A. Like, I wonder, like, Will Russell be a better fit with Devin Booker? I know you'll lose a lot of culture and a lot of that, but, like, Russell Westbrook in Phoenix's offense with how they like to run, a guy that the ball will be in his hands, playmaker, CP3, even though he's older, playing with LeBron and AD you know in what's LA. Interesting to me, it's Jay? fascinating just, like, thought experiment, thinking it through. What's interesting to me is the kind of polar opposites. You have CP3, who analytics people who don't play the game love, Right ballers not as much versus Westbrook who analytics people don't love so much 
but ballers think very highly of, right? That would be an interesting swap. Like, I, I'm, I'm not saying I know what CP3 brings to the table as it relates to leadership and culture and the fact that him and Monty Williams are on the same page. I just found myself last night thinking about what would it look like if Russell Westbrook were playing on the Phoenix Suns the and Lakers. that offense and how they ran. And then L.A. in return getting CP3 at 37 with LeBron James and A.D. for their last hurrah, finally playing together, the Banana Boat Boys. LeBron just, and CP3. Because CP3 can shoot it. So CP3 can play with LeBron because he's a good spot-up shooter. And then you have a floor general on the floor when LeBron is off the floor. Oh, in terms of the fit, hell yeah. But what would be interesting, because CP3 also played off the ball when he played with Harden a lot of the time. And yep. when he played in OKC with Shea. And really, the answer to the greatest point guard of all time is LeBron James. Yes. He's actually a yes. point guard. He's the primary ball handler, etc. What's interesting is I'm trying to think of combinations in the NBA where they had the highest usage rates on the team, one and two, and also at age 37 or over. Has it ever happened before where the two highest usage rates – on a team where mm. both at least 37 years old. That's a great point. I know, I, because I if the Lakers could get CP3 for Westbrook, you'd have to think they'd do it in a second. I mean, yeah, you would think so. I mean, their team is old. They need a lot of young pieces. It's just an interesting thought well, see, experiment. Well, Chris, Chris Paul can shoot. They that's need what, shooting, and he could shoot. Yeah, that's what I said. That's what I said just That's now. what I just after said. I just it. said it after you said it. But then I said it. All right, so who said it first? I like to think I did. Okay. Why J.J. Reddick says the Lakers should look should, should be looking. Oh, should look or should be looking? Should be looking. Okay. Into bringing in a, a top point guard, Jay. Ooh. Like, I don't know, CP3? Plus, how would CP3's career be different if he'd gone to the Lakers successfully when they traded for him the first time in the league on Did That Deal? That's next on ESPN Radio and Sirius XM Channel 80. Boom! Keyshawn, Jay, Will, and Max, the podcast.